HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comté Cheese Association. Comté, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Comté-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA.com. This week on Meet and 3, we get ready for Super Tuesday by looking at how food shapes elections both at home and abroad. People know that you don't order a Philly cheesesteak with Swiss cheese as John Kerry did back in the 2004 cycle. A young group of friends decided that they would put up a website which told voters which polling booths had sausages. Prime Minister David Cameron was pictured about a week after this incident eating a hot dog in a bun with a knife and fork because he was so afraid. Tune in to Meat and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Cutting the Curd here on Heritage Radio Network. This is Kara Warren, and today on the show we have Sarah Munley, winner of CMI 2020 in San Francisco. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. So how does it feel to be the most current winner right now? Are you are getting good vibes from the industry? What's happening? Everybody's been so amazing. I think I'm still in shock that I won, but everybody's Everybody's been very supportive, um, very encouraging. It's been wonderful. Excellent. Um, I just want to read you a quote from Culture Magazine's article by Madison Trapkin. They call, she calls CMI the RuPaul's Drag Race of Cheese Challenges, the Great British Bake Off of Curd Competitions. Uh, do you agree with this? I mean, this is kind of a, a great line for it. The RuPaul's Drag Race of Cheese Challenges? I mean, come on. <laughs> um, I think that's great. I feel... I feel like there's maybe more of a supportive, I mean, I guess I haven't seen RuPaul's Drag Race, but there's uh, definitely a supportive feel yeah. to CMI, and I feel like the Great British Bake Off might be a good com- comparison. Okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, during your experience, like, how would you describe it from, like, the inside knowledge now that you have? Uh, how, how, does it, how does it go? How does it start? What is your feelings as you get there to... To, and it happens, uh, what's the name of the, the location again? It's at the, um, 
It's at the Midway. The Midway, right. So you get to the mm-hmm. Midway, you arrive at Midway, and, and what starts going through your mind? What's, like, what's happening? Well, the fir- it's great because there's two days. There's a, the first day, which most people don't know about, but it's a day where we get to meet cheesemakers, we get to interact with one other mongers, we get to know each other a lot. And it's really just a, a day of learning about what other people are into and where they're fr- from, um, and then learning so much about so many different cheeses. And then it's the second day where things get a little more stressful and a little more people are more nervous. Okay. Um, but it's still just a very supportive environment. People are really wonderful with one another, getting to, to see what they do in different shops and, and what the like natural creativity is um, from different people. So there's the first day is just really fun and a way to get to know each other and learn about cheese. And the second day, you can see like people getting a little nervous um, oh yeah. Concerned about how they're gonna how they're gonna do. Do you do you feel like you met cheesemongers from uh other sides of the states that like uh kind of broadened your view of the industry a little bit? Like was there some new knowledge that um kinda went through your mind on that? Definitely. I mean, there's so many different styles of, of working with cheese and mongering, I think, and it's really interesting to see people from different places, whether they work in grocery store environments or cut to order counters whether they specialize in um, building boards or if they're doing more restaurant scenes. So there's a lot of different um, perspectives in the cheese world. You bring up a really good point. There are different levels of cheesemongering. And you're right, you could come from a much larger company or a really cool indie specialty shop. And Mm -hmm. they are very different styles, actually. Like, are you pre-cutting cheese all day or are you talking to a customer one-on-one about the elegance of some cheese? For sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Definitely different, um, different perspectives, different ways of working with people. Yeah. So okay. it's really great to see the, the knowledge that each person has based on their experience. Yeah. That, that is pretty cool. Actually. I kind of missed that a little bit myself. Um, <laughs> um, I'm curious, actually, let's just take a sidestep. Can you tell me a little bit about cheese bar in Portland? I actually, I don't know enough. I can't wait to visit it. Um, can you give me a little bit of a rundown on what that's like and who's there and, and of course, yourself there? Mm-hmm. So Cheese Bar is a smaller retail cheese shop, but it's also a restaurant. So it's um, kind of a has the two different things going on there. When you walk in, you can come up to the case and pick cheeses out, and there's mongers to help you. Or you can decide to sit down and have a cheese board, um, salad, sandwiches, things like that. It's a cheese-centric menu, so there's a lot of diversity in what you can choose to do. Um, then, of course, we have great beer and wine there, too. So you can pair, do some pairings if you would like. Cool. Um, I'm the lead monger there right now, but work, I work with a handful of other really great mongers, too. So do you get to choose, do you curate the cheese menus then at this point? How does that, or is that like something you do with Steve Jones? How does that work for you? The main menu is is pretty, like, we work with our kitchen there, too, and they help make our sandwiches and things like that. But depending who's um, mongering that day, they will rotate what cheeses are going on our boards. And I do help some of that with some of that curation. Um, But we're a very collaborative team at Cheese Bar, so we all kind of work together to come up with the best options. Very cool. And is it um, artisanal American? Is it the European styles or just a great mix of everything? Or is it like what's ripe in the case at the moment? How do you how do you figure that? We so our case is definitely has European cheeses as well as a lot of American artisan products. Um, It's nice to have both of those. 
And then we usually have like a cheese board that's pretty approachable that features a cow, a goat, and a sheep's milk cheese that can be from different regions. Yeah, the classic. Things the, like, yeah. Yeah. Just to get people, um, introduce them to the different milk, milk types and um, not put anything on there that might be too crazy, um, but just a nice introductory board. Gotcha. Um, and then we have some others based on styles. Yeah. Okay, so then actually now we can segue. I know we're doing a little zag- zigzagging, I should say. Um, <laughs> you know, your cheese plates, I was admiring the photos online, and I noticed you had Ninkazi, the Sumerian goddess of beer, as a, like as a, an influence or as a theme to one of – it was the drink, actually. The Am I correct about that? The uh, yeah, drink pairing? Yeah, the cocktail that I did, yes. Um, um, yeah. How did you get into this theme of goddesses? <laughs> like, actually, just like kind of for the listener, can you just run through that a little bit? Because I, I saw the picture and I was like, whoa, this is another godly goddess level here that I've never <laughs> seen before. Um, well, it originates because the, the so in CMI, you are assigned a cheese. You don't pick the cheese that you work with for your bite, your beverage and your slate um, pairings. And I was assigned Landmark Creamery's Rebel Miel, and uh, I'd never had Rebel Miel before, but it comes from Landmark Creamery, which is a female-owned and operated creamery, and then it is washed with a braggot, which was also new to me, so it's a, a honey, mead, and stout blend, and the, the braggot was developed by two companies, Giant Jones Brewing and Bose Meadery, and those are both based in Wisconsin as well, but they're also female-owned and operated uh, companies. Oh, so I, really I see. Wanted, okay. Yeah. Wow. I really wanted to push the, the the women in food element with my plate slate and uh, or my plate and my bite and my beverage. Right. I'm really impressed right now because I have to I have to say I looked at it and I was like, first of all, I, I didn't know anything about the landmark cheese that you nailed it right there. I was like. And then all of the mead and the background with the women. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, and then I was, it's interesting. So then, you know, there's signage to this, listeners. There's the, the signage, which you did a, it like, is it a construction paper cutout or was it marker yeah. or? Yeah, construction paper. <laughs> I was really impressed by it. It's like a very mixed media piece of work that I saw there. But I was, I was enjoying the lovely coconuts uh, that you made for the, <laughs> the I think it was Ninkazi's uh, Goddess yep. of Beer signage that I was yeah. looking at. And then, so for that pairing, you took, can you explain the cocktail? Um, so, so I wanted to, for each, um, each element, so I wanted to include as many female-produced um, products as possible or feature as many as I could. Right on. Um, cool. and, and for beverages, like Braggot is going to be something that was really hard, which I feel like would be the obvious pairing. But finding a Braggot is going to be very hard. Um, and I wanted to, to play with a little bit with that like idea a little bit. So I tried to include honey in my um, beverage. Actually, honey, I tried to include in all three elements that I was working with. But I used a local distillery called Freeland Spirits. I used their bourbon because they're female-owned and operated. They're one of the only distilleries, I think, in the entire country that's female-owned and operated. Amazing. Great. I love and then, that. Thank you. And then I wanted to kind of include beer because beer is a part of what Braggot is. Um, and likewise, finding female-owned breweries was very challenging. And Breakside Brewing is the, the brewery that I ended up using the beer from. And that's not because they're female-owned, because they are a male-owned business, but because they have a female brewer that's working for them. Oh, um, wow. So I wanted to incorporate that. 
And have you met her in person? Is this a person you can meet? Uh, is this close to you, actually? Am I totally off the mark it, it is, geographically? No, okay. no they are very close to me. I have not met her in person, but um, I just, yeah, uh, I'm sure that I could reach out and meet her. But I wanted to include things that were female-made. Yeah, you should. You should set up, like, a cheese event at the brewery. I think that would be, right? like, a next step for you. I, I mean, I don't want to tell you what to do, but, you know, just uh, just uh, <laughs> producer Kara cool. here. I'm just uh, throwing it out there for you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so I guess and it comes of preparation for CMI now. So now that you've been through it and you can, like, provide knowledge to future mongers, uh, what would you say is the best way to prepare for CMI? Um, I think that, well, you kind of have to, to start thinking about what your strengths are, what you feel confident about. And I want to say think less about the things you're confident about and then focus on the things that you you feel are maybe your weaknesses. Like, the, So I've actually competed. This was my third time competing. Okay, I was going to ask you, how many times have you competed? Yeah. I competed three times myself. So it's that's, and you've done way better than I, you won. Yeah. Hey, you know, you did it. <laughs> Again, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think the, the first time I went in, um, like most of us, not really knowing what to expect and what to, to think about. And then each time you sort of build a little bit. Uh, some of the things that I did this time was really more reading and understanding how cheese is made, um, focusing on the PDO cheeses, the protected designation of origin cheeses, and, and learning what not just what cheeses fall into that category, but what are the requirements that make them special or what make it so that they can, um, can get that PDO. Right. Um, and then also just like thinking a lot in advance about what I wanted to do for my bite beverage and um, plate rather than having a little more forethought with it, I guess, rather than just going out and buying a lot of ingredients and and figuring out what works. Ah, That makes makes sense. I mean, you really, that's a, that's a full program you have to look into, honestly. Um, I guess then was there anything you were, since you prepared so well, was there anything you felt like, oh, man, I'm a little nervous about this. I don't know if I can cut that cheese to a third of a pound or whatever each time or the salesmanship <laughs> seminar or I, I don't know. What was what was kind of like a, a weak spot for you, you might say, that you were uh, a little like, I got to make sure I get this, you know, kind I, of thing. I think like um, the PDO cheeses, definitely, that was something I wanted to focus on more and studied a little bit more this time. Um, I think I wish I would have studied more or found a way to study more for the blind aroma exam because I feel like that's a really challenging one. Oh, really? Um, you mean like, like a, I mean, yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's okay because well, they changed it up this year. Previous years they had the like dry ingredients or there would actually be peanut butter in the container where this time they used the vials of liquid that are the concentrate. Oh, wow. Which okay. in some ways it makes it easier because you're like, oh, like that's just like the one element. There isn't anything interfering with the aroma hmm. but then you're still like smelling some of them you know, like you know it but you can't place it so interesting finding a way to study that better would be you know because that's a funny thing you do at um in the acs sensory exam that's where they where they give you like 12 cups uh with milk in it and they add something in there but you don't you have you don't have a clue and uh, right. they warn you in a very great way they're like don't drink this don't, don't, don't try to, don't drink this milk, guys. Um, and uh, you're like, all right, so you, you smell these things and you're like, okay, that's disgusting. What is that? Or like one of them had 
yeast in it, actually. And I thought that was pretty fun to kind of guess what that, because you know what yeast is. You're like, in your brain, you're like, oh, I know that. I know what that is. Um, mm-hmm. Did that happen to you? you? Or you didn't have like one like that where you were a little like, ah, it could be. No, no, no. I, I definitely did. There's, I, there's one that was very floral and almost reminded me of laundry detergent in a way. And I was like, there's no way this is laundry detergent. Oh, you no. Know? Like a disinfectant. So, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I'm like, what is this? And I wonder if having it the, because I think the concentrates were just the straight concentrates rather than being dripped in like a little drop in milk. I wonder if that makes a difference in how you're perceiving I, them. I don't know. I'll have to have you back on after you do a sensory yeah. exam, you know? Um, yeah, definitely. Because, uh, I mean, uh, well, when you get to uh, the ACS sensory exam is actually a really cool test. I had a fun time. I took it last year. I passed it. Woo! Um, Yay, congratulations. Thank you. And, um, yeah, it's a lot of e- eating bad cheese. Uh, <laughs> you're just yeah. like, I know this cheese, but there's no salt in it. This is weird. It's a real yeah. uh, kind of makes your brain do a double think, which is kind of fun. Um, but, totally. uh, yeah. so at CMI in your salesmanship, who did you have actually? I'm, I love this. Like who did you get as like the person to sell to? Who was your I judge? actually got Madison Trapkin who wrote the culture article. Oh, ha! Yeah. Speak of the devil. That's hilarious. Okay. And what did you sell yeah. her? What, what, uh, um, I believe I sold her some bra bander okay. and, a cowgirl creamery cheese. Let's see. Was she like, I, I'm pregnant or I have a table of 15 people or... Uh... She she was bringing cheese over to share with people who are vegetarians um, and there were some kids there so she didn't want anything too spicy or intense. Oh, my. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I le- I love the curveballs. I mean, because and it's it's sort of a funny thing when you're a judge, you have to like invent this whole script uh, that you think could be uh, thrown for a loop. So right, yeah, um, yeah. You know, now that you're a winner, who knows? You might be a judge next as well. You'll have to think on, uh, you know, what's, <laughs> what's your what's your storyline? You know, uh, crazy cheese scenarios. <laughs> I, exactly, exactly. Um, and it's just. So interesting. I um, oh, I I have a good question for you. Um, mm-hmm. What is the first cheese book that you ever had? So actually, my first cheese book was the Encyclopédie des Fromages in French. Um, you can read in uh, French. So this is amazing. I didn't. Or you speak yeah, French? I had no idea. I I was a French major, and ah. I did a study abroad in Poitiers, and my host family spoiled me so much. And they brought me different French cheeses every week. And then halfway through the year, they actually got me a job where I just worked for like two hours on Saturdays and I helped clean this cheese case. Wow. Um, at one of the like markets. Okay. And I got this book while I was there and I would make little marks for each cheese that I tried while I was abroad. Oh my goodness. You're so lucky. That's amazing. Um, you know, like, and, and learning about the French cheeses, that's just like taking the classics, um, you know, to the next level when you're there in person, you know? It is. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I, I didn't know, obviously at that point in time that I was going to end up working in cheese, but it was, it was one of my favorite things about being abroad was trying different cheeses and learning about how each cheese represents a different culture, a different part of the country and different traditions and the climate, everything that goes with it. Uh, you got bit by the curd nerd bug. I love it. 
Um, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, Sarah, I'm going to take a quick break. Stay on the line and uh, guests keep on listening. We're going to be right back with Sarah in just a moment. Hang on. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Conte Cheese Association. Conte Cheese Association represents the Conte PDO. Conte Protected Designation of Origin in the USA. Conte is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fruitiers. This milk must be transformed into Conte within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk, ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Conte. Conte takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineurs on average, each wheel of Conte is graded and shipped to market. No wheel of Conte is the same. Its flavors speak to the pastures where the cows grazed, the season in which it was made, the particular craftsmanship of the cheesemaker, and the time spent in the aging cellar. Therefore, every wheel of Conte is unique. Learn more about Conte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Conte-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E hyphen U-S-A dot com. All right. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. We're here with Sarah Munley, cheesemonger and winner of CMI 2020 in San Francisco. Sarah, we were just talking about a multitude of things on how you could win CMI and how it has it's changed your life in the cheese-wide world. Um, again, have there been, uh, more media interesting things? Have more people been running to you at the cheese bar? Like, Hey Sarah, you won. Like what is, can you give me like some, some stories that have since happened since the CMI win? Like, I'm curious. Well, Well, I've definitely had a lot of our, our loyal customers who've been very supportive and coming in and congratulating me, which has been really kind. Um, Definitely a lot of more interactions on social media than previously. I tend to be a little bit private about things, but I'm I'm learning to to break out of that and and share my successes with people. Um, but yeah, just lots of lots of support from from the local community in Portland, but then also throughout the cheese community. It's been great. Do, do you think I was actually you know you mentioned about. Um you know, kind of being out there as a, you know, like as a public figure in cheese a little bit, you know, I think mm-hmm. one of the hardest things is at the CMI when you have to go on the stage <laughs> and you have to start talking to everyone and Adam is like yelling things at you, but like in a sweet, he wanted to get hyped, you know, he's trying to right, get right. into the, to the role of this cheesemonger. Um, did, you know, how did that work for you at the end? Like that for me is like a little bit of a nightmare, but at the same time you seem to handle it very well. Like you really, I saw you kind of break out of your shell. You know, at first he was kind of asking you questions and then I think I saw you like fight back a little bit and get really into it. And I was like, yes, get him, Sarah. That's awesome. Way to go. You know? Yeah. So I guess, so I'm the, I'm, I'm going to say a more reserved person for the most part. And being on stage is definitely not my uh, favorite thing to do. But it's not because I feel um, insecure as a person. It's just I, I'm not friends with microphones and stages, I suppose. 
but yeah, it's it's good to be up there. Um, it definitely pushes you to break out of your shell if you do have that sort of nervousness on stages. Um, but it's also like I felt confident that I knew for the most part what I was doing and um, that I was with a great group of people to, to be up there with. So um, I was nervous, of course, but not nervous about what I was doing, more just nervous about standing in front of a lot of people. <laughs> right. I mean, the collective spirit in the room is so much like a rooting for everyone um, and just to watch uh, each thing on stage go down, you're just like, ah, oh, I have that vote for that monger. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I actually think you were one of my favorites from a previous CMI that I saw you at. So I was actually, I was so happy to see you up there again. I was like, oh my God, I hope she wins. You know, like, this is very cool. Like, I think it's, I mean, for people who are, you know, don't know the cheese industry, it's a really great, great, super great way to get introduced actually to all the amazing mongers out there, uh, don't you think? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's it's really great to see, especially you have people coming from all over. So it's people that sometimes maybe you've met them before, sometimes not as a competitor, and it's really great to see them in action. Um, it was, let's see, um, Michelle, the Columbus curd nerd, and the way that she broke down an, an eighth of a wheel of Gruyere in, what, 30 seconds or something, 60 seconds. And she broke down the entire piece. It was amazing to see things like that. Um, yeah. I have to say that was one of the coolest moments there to watch that. Cause everyone was just like, yeah, whoa, yeah. Oh my God. Like, and I mean, just the balls to go ahead and do that. I mean, I was like, Oh, Michelle, you kick ass. I mean, she's yeah. uh, one of my new favorite mongers for me, a new monger. She might be known by other people, but the idea that she's an animator, she, she writes these amazing Instagram posts, um, mm -hmm. and, um, just has a certain character and, um, love for cheese, you know, like that, you, that you and I both have, you know, that, yeah. um, I, you know, she has this fearless vibe to her, which is amazing. Yeah, it's great. I love that about cheesemongers and women cheesemongers. This goes back to the point you were making before about how there's a collective love for cheese, but also like this feminist spirit behind it all. Um, and it's kind of cool that you were able to capture that in your bearing and your plate. Like, actually, we should go through your plate for a second, by the way. Um, yeah. Can you break down for me what the plate was, which goddess it was, and how you, yeah, what was that? So my plate, I feel like it was it was pretty simple, and I wanted to keep it simple because I, I'm not a chef, so creating some of the extra ingredients can be a little more challenging for me. Um, and so for this one, I went with the goddess Anana, and she's the Mesopotamian, Mesopotamian goddess of fertility and cheese. Um, if you read there, she's she's been written about in some history books and how she loved cheese so much that they created these stock houses where she would store cheese. And they actually had so much cheese that was being gifted to her that they ended up creating the written written word ways of in order to track how much cheese she had. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so for her, I went with, because it was the Mesopotamian goddess, I went with the Mediterranean theme there. And I used dates that I'd rubbed with gold dust to give them a little shimmer, fresh pomegranate, um, an Oregon honeycomb, just to tie a little bit of home in there, homemade pistachio shortbread, and then I used Girl Meets Dirt's um, quince marmalade. Oh, wow. Jeez. I mean, talk about pulling that all together. Gee, I, I, don't, see, I don't even think I can think like that anymore. Like, it's, it's amazing <laughs> what cheesemongers come up with nowadays. I... It's so far from, I think, when it was just like a jam and a cheese. That's amazing. I mean, and the gold dust. 
Very cool. Right. Yeah. Well, goddesses deserve gold. <laughs> I like that. Exactly. Yeah. That's the flamboyancy I'm looking for in cheesemongers. Fabulous on fabulous. I love it. Um, I was going to actually ask you um, about, because it's all so interesting with with the competition. And you have, okay, you had the cheese exam. There's a meat mm-hmm. quiz now. I didn't know there was a meat quiz. Is that is that still in the mix, or did I did I lose track of something here? No, that's that's brand new. Um, okay. I think this was. I don't know if they did it in Chicago most recently, but it was brand new for me at least. Yeah. And it was five different meats, which they they offer for you to to try the meats the day before as part of the education. Okay. Um, but it's it's a great way to get more familiar with different styles of meat. Um, and I really think, like, when you think about going to a cheese shop, the person who's selling you cheese, more likely than not, is also going to be selling you charcuterie. Yeah, so definitely. Yep. I and agree. It's important, it's important, I think, for us to have an idea of both of those um, elements, both cheese and charcuterie, and to support the charcuterie industry as well. Yeah, they're all tied together. I mean, yeah. I love how we went from feminism into the meat industry. I guess my brain works in mysterious, funny ways, but that <laughs> that is just where it went. Um, and now it's going into the ACS mind thought. Um, oh, yeah. Are you excited? About, it's in your hometown. That's It is. I'm very excited. Yeah. Like, I mean, are you uh, preparing parties and is a uh, cheese bar creating a secret menu for us all to try once we're there. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to be there to check out cheese bar. Um, I, I'm not sure about a secret menu, but maybe you should so do I'll a secret. To, menu. I'll have to drop yeah. that idea with Steve and see what he thinks. Yeah. Um, I'm most excited for ACS this year because it's going to be my first year judging, um, which is a whole new element for me and a whole new way to, to look at cheese. Oh, um, that's like so you're exciting. Saying, you're judging. I've never done that. I'd yeah. like to do it. I've never done it. Uh, yeah, that's, I, I volunteered last year and helped out with judging, which helped me um, get get an in, and hopefully I, I'll do them proud, do everybody proud, and do a nice job with judging, but I'm very excited to do that, as well as having it in town and celebrating cheese Well, I, I hope you get a good category as a judge, no uh, low skim or a part skim, whatever cheese. I hope they give you yeah, a, yeah. a good one, uh, so, you know, fingers crossed there for that one. Um, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, Sarah, for, you know, coming on the show today. And uh, I'm so excited that you won. Um, you know, you're an inspiration to cheesemongers out there everywhere. Now you're going to get to spread the gospel and, and probably train future <laughs> mongers on, on how they can do this and, and be number one at CMI. I mean, you're you're part of an elite few. I mean, you know, this is, uh, it's pretty cool when you look at the past winners, who's doing what now. So I, I think it is. that's pretty yeah. Pretty amazing, actually. I mean, my God. Uh, I mean, how many people were in this competition? It was like 35, 40. I mean, that's uh, a lot of people yeah, to beat out. Yeah, um, 35 or so, I think. So it's, it's cool. I mean, I mean, and like I said before, it's it's a great way to, to push your limits and to, to learn more and meet amazing mongers and see what things like what other things are going on around the country. It's it's very inspirational to see what other mongers are doing and how knowledgeable they are and how passionate they are about cheese. And some of those people become lifelong like threads for you. I mean, like yeah. I know there there were people that I met that now are head buyers of very big companies or just are sales reps and other for other great producers and it's it's a community that really sticks together and it's very tight. So um I'm so glad for you to be a part of that right now and really 
Good work there. And in bringing the feminism around on that, beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Such a good idea. Thank you. And top three this year were all ladies, which is Oh, my God. I, You know, I didn't even, I should have been more aware of that. That is amazing. There was a point when only uh, one woman had won. It was Emily Acosta, and it took many years for it to get to that point. Yeah. Another woman up. Yeah. 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 So now that it's it's showing like that, it's really reflecting the industry in, uh, I think, the right way. So I do, too. (sighs) Okay. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It has been a pleasure to talk with you. Again, congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, and it's a pleasure to be on. Oh, yeah. And I'll talk with you soon. Sounds great. All right. Thanks, Sarah. All right. Thank you. All right. Everyone, that was Sarah Munley today on Cutting the Curd. I'm Kara Warren. Please follow me at Kara Warren on Heritage Radio Network and eat more cheese. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.